TikTok is getting bad, and are foreign governments using social media platforms as psychological warfare? Welcome to the Coffee Break Podcast on This Professional Life, where we sit down with our coffees and chat about our perspectives on the challenges around business and the world at large. Welcome to Coffee Talk, and today we're going to chat about TikTok this week. Eric, news from uh, U.S. government not and other governments. Not only are they banning TikTok on government devices, but now the talk is, are they going to be banning TikTok? Uh-huh, just period, in like the U.S., and if they pass it, does this set precedent? So I want to talk about a few things, including potential psychological warfare of foreign governments using social media platforms. And we got some interesting perspectives on that. So let's maybe talk a bit about the ban first and what it means. A few months ago, or I guess last year, there was already decisions made by governments to ban TikTok on government devices. What are your thoughts on on that, Eric? I think it makes sense from a security perspective because TikTok, I mean, TikTok is a Chinese-based company, and all governments—sorry, uh, all companies that were that are based in China—have to follow whatever Chinese government says, right? So it makes sense that there could be a backdoor, that there could be, for the data, there could be access to the data, and there's a lot of data that's collected, right? So for other countries to have their government officials and on TikTok, I guess it makes sense for from a security per, uh, angle, right? But haven't we been through this? many times already with different apps? Well, so here's my thing. It, okay, I'm not doubting that government entities would have the capability to add a backdoor into a piece of software. Um, We saw that here in Canada with the debate about using Huawei Mm. equipment for our telecom industry and that somehow there could be a way for the Chinese government to be able to put in backdoor software within the hardware. Mm -hmm. But I challenge that a little bit too, because could not our IT people as they're inside, is there a way to detect these pieces of software or is it that sophisticated that you can hide it and that no one can catch it? I I don't know, but I think at the end of the day, if they're looking, if the government in China says, hey, I want every single person's age and, you know, email address and whatever they have obviously you have to sign up for TikTok and provide yep. some information and the app itself collects other information right uh i don't think you can resist i mean here's conspiracy theory stuff i guess but have you when's the last time you heard from jack ma <laughs> that's a whole other issue isn't I, it? what that's what i'm sort of saying like you know yeah. there's all these uh celebrities in china and other kind of ceos they're very quiet right now so yep. From my outside looking at the situation, I think they have a very strong influence. Frankly, we can talk crap about anything we want here in Canada, but the government is quite powerful, right? So So does this not, and, and this is one thing, and we chatted about this the other day, but like, is it almost like now, I guess we know how governments like China and Russia feel when their citizens are on things like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, because they could make the same argument. Oh, YouTube, you have to disclose information about my Chinese citizens uh, to the U.S. government if they ask. Isn't that the case? That is the that is the case. That's the struggle. I mean, like if you look at uh, Apple, 
operating in China. That's been, I don't know how they've walked that tightrope for so long. Yeah. Because、uh, even the U.S. has demanded that Apple create a backdoor just for for the U.S. government. So,、um, and I'm not completely up to date on my news on that side of things, but I believe there is some、right. um, compromises that they Apple has made for China in that market, but not as、uh, you know, not in their general operations. But ultimately, they're based in the U.S., right?、Yeah. And they're not operating a social. A media site, right?、Yeah. So, I think banning TikTok on as an idea makes sense, but the follow and the and it's always in the nuances where things get confusing. So, if you have someone that is going to remove their、uh, remove TikTok from their work device, does that mean that they can't just have a second phone? As a personal device, and just go on TikTok and that and that and that side, and, and are there going to be like pat downs and searches? So, the, and, someone... and that's one of the things that I, you know, no, that I, I was thinking about too. Is like, sure, you ban it on their work device when they're working for the government, but to your point, to what extent is the backdoor program if it is capturing data? Right, because we all know, like with Facebook. You, you and I are talking about dog food, and then all of a sudden I'm seeing dog food ads on Facebook, and I haven't searched anywhere on my phone for dog food.、Yeah. And so there are claims that you know, you know Facebook, Facebook is tapping be, the microphone. It could be anything so, small. Like you can I've looked up Typeform lately. Yep.、Yeah. As a business solution. Yep. And now it's all over the place, right? And maybe it's just that one cookie or whatever that I that I downloaded when I was looking at their website, but. If you use TikTok to share family, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like people can use things whichever they want. You don't have to be influencer and all that.、Yep. That motivation.、Yep. You can just be sharing your home cooking recipes, right? But does that、uh, on TikTok? Does that mean that you're not allowed to do that anymore as a federal employee? And does that mean then,、uh, if you do that, you're gonna get fired or? And is there someone that's going to audit all this information? I don't. I don't know. This is so. It's so easy to go offside. I guess you can say. Yep. And it's so hard to audit and enforce all this, right? And there's also the other argument too. Like you were making that. Yeah. Is this how? I don't know. The East, like you know, the China has felt with North American media, because when I look at how. Crazy BTS, you know, North American K-pop group,、uh, Japanese anime, Japanese culture, South Korean K-pop group. Sorry, oh my god, <laughs> sorry about that.、Um, cultural products are huge, right? Right, right, right. Like so big.、Um, I mean, Jap- Japan's cultural exports are huge. Anime, well, manga, growing up, we had like yeah, the anime, Dragon Ball Z, you know, toys, all those things that we were watching. Yeah, yeah, and those are hugely profitable because those are basic intellectual property, right? Right. You're never gonna run out of.、Um, you just ha- you can run out of labor per se, but if you draw more episodes, now you have more of that product. You're not limited to selling、uh, hard goods or anything like that. But at the same time, the influence is huge. Tourism is huge. Curiosity about the culture is huge, right? And I bring up BTS for South Korea because, to me, it was Psy that kicked things off with Gangnam Style, and then suddenly, to me, like South Korean food.、Um, I remember the the 
Korean hot dogs and right. whatever else. Uh, like all those things came into this market. Yeah. And yeah, I think if you looked at how much that has influenced our culture, mm-hmm. our yeah. pop culture, our shows, Squid Game, for example, um, it totally has been going the other way for the yep. most part, right? Well, you know, and the other thing too is, and yeah, and yeah. this is through my contacts who have had discussions with executives at certain of these Chinese companies, you know, the Chinese government takes a lot of pride in these, call it uh, ventures that originate from China. Because you got to remember for the longest time, a lot of the innovation and creativity, and it still does mainly come from US or the West. And so some of these creations like Huawei and TikTok, which, you know, is owned by ByteDance, which is the parent company, which Mm -hmm. is in China. um, There's a bit of uh, national pride, right? That they want this to go on a global stage. But unfortunately, you can't disconnect that with the communist government regime and some of their policies when it comes to foreign entities. So um, one thing I just want to go through with with people who don't understand the current law or the current... um, uh, the current policy that's being passed in Congress is based on something called the Berman Act uh, for many years. And this stemmed from the Cold War. And so at one point, there was a policy written in place that um, the passing of ideas, because during the Cold War, there was like almost a shutdown of nothing could get to yeah. the Russia side and Russia, nothing could be leaked to the US. And so they actually passed this act that provided a bit of uh, a leeway for certain types of information because you can't gatekeep everything. Right. And so last or during the Trump administration, when they, they tried, tried to stop and ban TikTok, TikTok successfully fought it in court using, I believe it's called the Berman Act. And what it said is, hey, this covers digital communication as well. So you can't cut us off. And so that's why there was a deal to have TikTok spin off right. into a US entity. And I think Oracle and Walmart were suppo- the two corporate entities that were supposed to take it over. Then Trump got uh, did not win re-election. Biden came in. So now we've got the Biden administration re-looking at how this looks. Mm-hmm. And that's why this week they've now almost a bit of a bipartisan bill to pass that would specifically ban things like TikTok. The problem with that is at least some of the politicians are arguing that it's a massive overreach because it may wrap up a lot of entities, let's say in the US, right. that this that gets caught up in this. And it and could go both ways. It can go absolutely. So you can go have American or North American companies that or any company that's not doing anything wrong just Correct. get kicked out of markets or just have a lot of headwinds yeah. and now you create a lot of different kind of problems. I guess as a normal person, I don't really have to think about national security, but it makes sense from that perspective that you're saying, because now that um, this stuff is worth a lot of money and it has a lot of uh, influence. Um, yeah, it, it seems like it's really hard to get this thing back into the, uh, what the, the, what, what do they say? The genie back into the... Into the bottle? The lamp. The lamp. The, <laughs> the genie? genie in the... Well, genie in the bottle. I guess that's true too. Yeah. But anyways... Uh... So, but here's the thing though. Let's not forget 
The Chinese government censors a lot of the U.S. platforms anyways. You can't, I don't think you can access Facebook in China, or at least I know when I lived in China, um, certain topics were censored if you were to search it through YouTube. So it's not like they use, now, I mean, the arguments are being made by the companies, you know, out of their interest. So it's, currently it's the TikTok lawyers that are arguing that, you know, they can't do this. So um, now... The U.S., the Chinese government, I mean, they censor a lot of Western things anyway. So it's not like it's not right. happening the other way. So I can see how, I can see how from a U.S. and Canadian perspective, if the government started doing similar kind of tit for tat, that would be an overreach, right? Like you can't, like didn't Canada do that uh, where they were saying YouTube had to start, or media companies had to start showing more canadian content right yes so and there was some kind of concern about that too because if you're a youtuber and you're trying to use it as your business platform then you may not be shown to as many american audience which is a much bigger audience a big some, yeah whatever. so the other thing too and uh, interesting you bring up canada and us we also had that too with a lot of like accounting professional services firms where there was some thoughts that you couldn't house client data on U.S. servers because of the Patriot Act would allow the U.S. government to access and right. request that data. So it's interesting because the U.S. has policies in place like the Patriot Act that yeah, you would, would argue, argue is similar to, you know, what they're complaining about with China, about having access to information from these companies. U.S. is doing it the same. I mean, ideologically, there's some well, I'm U.S. Right. and we're Western society, we're democracy, so it's like... So there's, yeah, a, there's a question of like, you know, I have the ability to do so, but if I choose to do so, uh, there's a different moral or kind of like justification that we're looking at here, obviously. Um, with this current situation, though, I, I just think it comes down to a reflection of how much complexity there is in our society now. There is all this technology that we never had before, and now it's so easy to use, and it can it has become a business. It has become yep. like like when things make money. I remember as a kid, okay, I would ask my mom, "Can I go do this? No. Can I do that? No. Can I go play this? No." But on the flip side, I can imagine back in the day now, if YouTube existed, and I said, "Can I do this?" Because I make $10,000 a month off my YouTube channel doing this stuff, I don't think she would say no. Money seems to justify uh, things, like activities, right? And uh, whether that's good or bad, that's a different conversation. But now that TikTok, uh, so many people have their careers based on that. Even politicians are using it to promote themselves. I mean, it's not a bad thing. There, You, you can... Bring, you can be bringing up good conversations and awareness through TikTok. It's not like it's just all random kind of, you know, pranks and things like that. We've sort of matured past that in many ways, but now it's a business. So now that it's a business um, in an accounting profession, there's just so many people that want to make things. Well, complexity comes with money. That's That's what I'm trying to say. So now that TikTok makes money, YouTube makes money, you know, I'm collecting money from, uh, as a YouTuber or TikTok-ker. Yep. Yeah. TikToker. Um, you could 
be making money and collecting revenues from anywhere in the world, right? How does that work? Does that mean there's a net money out from one country and the net money into another country? Back to like how Pokemon and Nintendo, like how the Japanese economy really benefited from selling their cultural kind of IP to the rest of the world, right? Even to this day. And that is a struggle of influence, but that is, that's big, that's big business. So I don't know where this complication goes away, yep. but a simple ban on things, it seems like it's very blunt as an instrument and it does not really work too well unless there's more right. explanation and nuances. Yeah. So one thing I do, so I want to segue into a little bit about what I said at the beginning of the intro about the psychological warfare. So we talked, you just talked about business and how it's used for business, but let's, let's take the angle of, you know, if you go back to the cold war and it was like, it was, yes, there were nuclear weapons, like military was one, but it was, if you look back at the roots of it, it was about ideological warfare. It was the East versus West, communism versus, you know, Western democracy. And so rather than go full on military war, as, you know, some countries may see as expensive, mm -hmm. a lot of your citizens will die. You know, the question is, are these foreign governments, and it doesn't matter if you're looking at US or China, are they utilizing these platforms as psychological warfare to like, uh, what the word, the word I'm looking for is not mow down, but like to really deteriorate a society right. to a point where they can't defend themselves mm -hmm. on a psychological side. So, and, and let me give you an example here. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned an article or uh, an instance where they were interviewing like a kid in China and their aspirations are to become I'm like, like an astronaut or some PhD professor to cure cancer or whatever it is. But more and more kids in Western countries are aspiring to be influencers on TikTok, on YouTube. And so you've got this like almost brain drain through these apps where okay. instead of aspiring to be like innovators as we have always led in the world, mm -hmm. not saying influencers aren't innovators on TikTok, but mm -hmm. I just feel like yeah, you've got one country now aspiring to go to the moon, yeah. to be scientists, to be this. And then we've got us in the Western world. It's like, oh no, but I want right. to be a YouTube star. So not to demean influencers, but if you're trying to deteriorate a society to the point where they can't think, and where right. this also leads to is this attention span too, right? So your society no longer has, you're like a three second attention span now. If you don't, you don't capture attention within three seconds, people are off learning about things, reading about things, watching about things. So, mm -hmm. so from a psychological point, what are your thoughts about yeah. this being a tool now for war? I don't, I don't doubt that it, anything could be a tool for war. Anything. I mean, back in the day, again, just studying it from history, right, or, or textbooks and whatnot. Um, I mean, textbooks were a tool for war. Pamphlets. <laughs> posters were even right mm -hmm. that those those were our tools for war. this is interesting to me because when you mentioned it was an ideal ideological kind of uh grounds for war i just keep imagining how it was the government that led the charge 
you get people involved in it, and you can control the narrative to one story. West is bad, East is good, whatever it is, right? Communism is bad or good, or and then you rally around that. And that's my, and I guess that's my point too. Is like, I don't think that the foreign governments need to really build a backdoor to gather data. I I honestly feel if they were using something to fight this war, right? Psychological, ideological war. They don't need backdoor. The fact that they have these platforms that have conditioned our society now to be that three-second attention society, that in itself is a detriment to the Western society. So I I almost feel like this worry about (laughs) backdoor grabbing your data, what to me is more worrisome is like what we're creating in our new generation of kids who are getting used to, hey, give me the information in three seconds or I'm not going to learn about it. Yeah, so to talk about the attention span part, I think I think it's I think it is true. You can get conditioned to uh like it's like junk food, right? Fast food, right? Like in I see a lot of recipes, for example, um as a busy family for 15 minute dinner, 30 minute dinners, but when you start getting into it, like it's very difficult to make a dinner from scratch to eating in 30 minutes. It's, it is hard unless you have all the skills and you you've done some prep and everything. So, when we're looking at the current state of things, yeah, there is literally an unlimited amount of videos you can watch. You can scroll on forever. I don't know how long, what, like how much time you've spent before, like, but I can say confidently an hour or two or could easily go by, but just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And they have stats on this, right? Uh, 50%, I think, of kids on TikTok, uh, I believe, spend couple hours right on TikTok. Right. Um, but they also came out with a stat that out of, uh, so in that age group, I think 16% of those kids have said they've spent over 10 hours. So consecutively on TikTok. So here's the thing. I'm not arguing the long-term benefits or detriments to what that interaction does. But the reality is that we all have 24 hours. And if you're using two hours a day, out of your arguably uh, 16 hours of wake time, right? Then in a week, that's assuming that you do the same even on the weekends with no school or no work, right? Then that's 14 hours a week of scrolling. Yeah. I mean, can can it be used more productively? Absolutely. Do Would we do otherwise? I don't know. That's Because I mean, it's not like we were doing like volunteer farming before this and then this social media app came and destroyed that effort. We were entertaining ourselves in other ways anyway. Yep. So I'm not sure if there's really an argument that says there is this damage or not. My question is like, am I really invested on the platform? Am I invested on the people that I watch? Am I in, like, I don't know. I don't think it's really that organized, but I do think that we have to think much harder. Like, like banning TikTok on federal phones, sure. But should it be forever? Should it be an election year? Should it be the six months up to an election and then six months after? Um, so last thing I want to talk about for our coffee break today is... Running out of coffee. <laughs> is because, you know, we, 
you know, we are on TikTok as well. We're building up our TikTok channel for you are our business development uh, consulting side of things. And and it TikTok is part of some strategies that we work on for clients. Uh, but the question is, so if it does get banned, what happens to everybody who's starting to build a livelihood on TikTok? Because there are a lot of influencers that are making millions as influencers on TikTok. So one thing I will address is that companies like TikTok they do obviously have plans that if they do get banned, they'll spin it off because TikTok itself has a huge employee base in the US running the US operation. So they would spin it off, make it a US company. So from that perspective, I don't think uh, influencers or people who are trying to build their presence on TikTok necessarily have to worry that their livelihood is going to be taken away. Are there some difficulties in transition? There might be. But from that standpoint, I will say they probably don't have to worry too much. But at the same time, it does address a fact about relying. Businesses and influencers relying on these third-party platforms to build their livelihood. It's, it's going to change no matter what. Okay. We see what has happened with Twitter. You pay, you get a, you get a blue check mark. We've seen recently what Mark Zuckerberg has said about uh, Instagram and Facebook. You pay. You get verification. Exactly. Back to the point that this has become a business. This, I mean, I remember, again, dating myself, whatever. I'm old. But the thing is, I'm also grateful that we have seen these things come from nothing. Yep. I remember the land grab at first when Facebook first came on. And we... We're just friending everybody again. Throughout this whole time, Facebook was fine with just saying, great, you know, as long as you don't, uh, as long as you let us use your data, which you have no choice anyways, we're going to sell ads and this is the business model. All good, right? Well, now it's like real big business. I don't see how this is going to ever stay the same again because Twitter has said, pay us, and they got away with it. I didn't. I don't see a collapse in Twitter that everyone's predicting. There, There isn't. People are still on this platform. And at the same time, I think it's going to be the same for Facebook. Businesses are going to find a way to justify that, okay, you know what, if it's 50 bucks a month or whatever it is for Facebook, I need to do this because it makes business sense for me. Does it make sense for the average person? Maybe maybe not, right? But we see these pay to win, these uh, barriers to entries that are coming up to basically reflect what the real value of these platforms are and what the real purpose of these platforms are. And that being said, it's probably not uh, in the worst interest for the company, the social media company, for people to be reliant on them to make a living. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's probably great. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say they're really insidious about it, but yep. in a way, they, they are. I mean, the more you rely on their platforms, the more it's going to stay on. Like, in my mind, I've always been wondering, when is YouTube going to make you take a mandatory course, get a YouTube license of some sort, and pay them to use their platform. Pay to play. Exactly. So yeah. back, we're back to this situation where if TikTok was to say, look, it's five bucks a month to be on TikTok. Surprisingly, that would weed out some people. It would weed out some, yeah. but at the same time, like, would, it, would it collapse a platform? I don't no. know. But fascinating stuff. I think in terms of uh, business-wise, yep. that's where it gets really complicated. All right. Well, that's Coffee Break for today about TikTok and, and social media. 
Um, we're going to have to wait and see and see what the U.S. Congress uh, passes over this next the next couple of weeks, because that's going to have a lot of effect on countries like Canada, the EU normally follow suit with the U.S. So, um, yeah, make sure to hit that subscribe button, the like button on whatever platform you're listening to our podcast and watching our show. And we will catch you next time on Coffee Break. Coffee Break.